Episode 4, The Safety of Sport. Without losing the spirit of sport, we continue on our sporting journey because, after all, it is a sporting life in Australia. In Season 2, Episode 4, the crew discuss the work-from-anywhere phenomenon and we continue on this discussion, as you will recall, from our previous season. On this occasion, we look at the enforcement of regulations as a reluctant approach Trace reminds us that the criminal law sanctions can still apply to illegal acts occurring on the football field. The idea that those involved in sport, the corporations, the owners, and the way in which they empower themselves through self-regulation and codes of conduct to try and lift the game is essentially an issue where the rubber meets the road in respect of sport seen through the lens of work. This episode contains a reference to a fatality. Some listeners may find its contents distressing. Hello and welcome to the Why Work podcast series. You are listening to Trace Vitkovsky, Sarah Pazell and Alan Girl. say stumping on someone's face is a form of induction no, well, no, you know at the hospital when you work at a hospital they make it you go eat the gross oatmeal and that's part of your welcome right okay now you've had the oatmeal now you're allowed to be an employee here oh, at the initiate, hospital no, you can't. the so, initiation so, so the initiation in, you know, we, we were doing initiation in generations gone yeah. past throwing yes. someone in the deep end was considered a form of induction you cannot do that an now. initiation uh, there, there is a case um well he was a homeless fellow out at capella bar and the initiation for apprentices was they would drink preservative they would shove preservative down the, the, the butcher's throat or or lock them in the cold room there was initiation right well in this particular case it was one of the leading cases on criminal negligence and criminal responsibility it was 1989 in this particular case what happened was the butchers thought they'd have a play a practical joke because they do that for the initiation of the of the young butchers they poured they bought a can of coke they tipped half of it out they put the rest with preservative and they put it on the ledge because they knew this homeless person would rummage through the trash. So he's guzzled this whole can of coke. And, of course, he has, from off the top of my head, uh, a coronary and he dies. Aww. It's a classic case on, you know, your, your victim as you find them. But, but but so that was a serious takeaway. But the fact that this was part of it, a work initiation right was, was quite a, a creepy aspect. Look, oh, do you remember that case, Alan? I'll, I'll I don't remember decision. that one, but more recently we had safety cases. We had a couple of safety cases. One where... Uh, the, the hazing? Uh, yeah. Uh, not the hazing, putting the uh, apprentice's pants on fire. Oh, do you remember that, that just no. recently? Yeah. And that was all about, you know, um, mucking around and pranking in the workplace. But, but I've heard I've heard uh, people who work in, in bridges, for example, managing and, or, and uh, repairing bridges saying, mm. you know, less than 20 years ago they were required to walk across the bridge mm. with no harness, no fall protection mm. or prevention and do this at night and make sure they weren't afraid of the traffic below mm. to mm. check, see if they could qualify being working in the, that kind of job, you mm. know? It's mm. just crazy stuff. That's it. So, and, and my son was quite proud of that black eye, I've got to say. So that was part yeah. of his rite of passage. Mm. He was mm. proud. He wanted it on the photo. It's, I think it's on my Instagram account, well, right? What was the sport? Rugby, yeah, mate. Well, it's, yes, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's interesting. And Ellen, so that's right. We're going to get to the risk assessment and pretty much what was said in this decision soon. But if I threw this term up in the air, given what we've talked about now, do you think it makes sense? I've registered to play a football game, so therefore I am going to 
buy into consensual violence. Yeah, what you're accepting the risk. And I think that's the obvious explanation, but the courts don't accept that. And that's what you were talking about previously is, mm. you know, how much can you say I voluntarily accept the risks I inherit in this role? Yeah, if you look at professional sports players, you look at people in um, emergency services, you look at the military, there's lots of activities where the only explanation as to why it's okay for the person to be doing the thing is because they've accepted the risk. They've said, I want to play football and part of playing football is the risk of being hurt on the field and I accept that as a that, that's an acceptable risk for me to play football. But when you go to the judgments by the courts, they they don't see it that way. It's interesting, the Sharks captain gets a four-week ban and the terms used reckless and intentional, etc. and he said it was a split decision the walkout four-week ban, yet we would know that under Section 32, you're essentially looking at an exposure to risk, whether or not that person was killed or not. We look at... Explain that for the listeners, Section 32, explain that. Yeah, so Section 32 under the Work Health and Safety Act is, I would say, the most used offence provision in Australia. Occasionally, you may get a Section 31, which is reckless, or sometimes Section 33, which is a straight out, you failed in your work health and safety duties. Obligations and duties. Yeah, so Section 32, but the key word in it is exposure to something. Harm. Yeah, now you may be harmed or you may not be harmed, but the exposure is very important in this. So it's interesting that in this particular decision, there was exposure to potentially significant harm, i.e. death, because we know that because of the Ackerman decision, it tells us that. Yet, this person has a four-week ban, and yet in this decision we've had where council assisting also considered whether a recommendation should be made to the QRL, Queensland Rugby League, and NRL, National Rugby League, that it develop and maintain, that it develops and maintains a risk assessment approach to player safety in rugby league in Queensland, having regard to its obligations under the Work Health and Safety Act, and that it encourages QRL clubs to do the same. What do you say to that proposition? I think it would be very difficult for them to apply the formula in the same way that it applies in other workplaces. Mm. You know, with, without getting too legalistic about it, if you did a, um, a consequence and probability type assessment mm. of the event and then you've got as your ultimate backstop, we can always not do the activity you know, do we have to do the activity? They're going to be so Nintendo you, players soon. If you yeah, want to get them so away from, from direct harm and remove well, the people from the source of harm, they'll become Nintendo so, rugby so players. Let, yeah, let me give you a comparison. Um, what's very topical at the moment, of course, is engineered stone and asking the question of should we be working with engineered stone, there is always the option not to have engineered stone. And that's what's being fiercely debated at the moment. Should we ban engineered stone? Now, if you go to football, there's always the option not to go on the paddock. To suggest that when 45,000 people have paid probably 200 bucks a ticket to ban it as completely unrealistic. Banning a footy match, mate, would be mutiny. On Australian. Oh, thank you. It'd be getting back <laughs> to my very first point about it would be, no, beyond mutiny. There would be a revolution, a revolution, as the French would say. Yes, and I think you, uh, you've you've mentioned the... Um, it's unrealistic, Alan, banning footy. Oh, look, I feel quite passionate about the topic, but the, the there's multiple manufacturers of uh, engineered stone, of course, 
And there's some wonderful products out there which just simply don't have the risk of products that existed five years ago. You know, there'll be, there'll be whether it's a full ban, partial ban, introduction of better products, whether you ban engineered stone or, or other man-made products or whether you re, um, reconstitute the amount of silica or whether, you know, you, you do proactive things. However, sport, choosing not to play... It's much harder to use the hierarchy of controls yeah. and re-engineer. I know you've put rules in, but yeah. that's still behaviorally based, right? Yeah. And so it's quite different to, to re-engineering the design of the But if you think about the product. hierarchy of controls, telling workers not to, to um, shoulder charge or telling players not yeah. to shoulder charge, that's not very high on the hierarchy that's what I'm of saying. controls. That's a low level yeah. of intervention. That's it's exactly what I'm saying. It's so explosive. Should... It's uncontrolled. And getting back to your point, that height, there's a reason why they have huddles. Yep. They hook in there and say, we can do this, we can win, we're the best, we're going to annihilate let's them. Let's smash them, let's smash them, you know, <laughs> we're going we're to win, right? There's that whole sort of, you know, bit like the law, I suppose, with the adversarial <laughs> system. But anyway, <laughs> so, but anyway defence lawyers never No, 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 way. you'd never, would. no, <laughs> not at all. But the thing is, so, so it's one thing, you know, with the products and, yeah, engineered stone, like one thing to work for it to a better solution, but when you've got something so sociologically and culturally embedded. It's a way of life, sport. Oh, and it should be. I mean, it's, you know, they're inactive. But when you start talking about risk assessing and using the nomenclature that we use as practitioners, you're and right, a, it's and difficult. And a traditional five-by-five mm-hmm. five matrix just not going to cut it. No. Well, it, interestingly, further comments along that line was um, that, you know, adopting principles of hazard identification, risk assessment similar to those adopted in work health and safety regimes is clearly one of the processes that rugby league and other competitive Contact sports should continue to adopt and endeavour to adopt. This is good, but for me the question is how? And now what? Mm. And if we're 10 years and we've had a fatality, and I'm sure there have been other judiciary, uh, sports judiciary investigations with it, but the fact that it's come back into the media and there's a ban, but the word, this is the part I just can't reconcile, words such as intentional and reckless, which are terms familiar to me in the, in, in the legal space, these words are used by sports panels but a four so, Imagine so, getting okay. a, a, a four-shift a four, four bat. You're, you're reckless, Sarah. You're reckless in your I work. I We I are going to now. How's this? You've been accused of being reckless. Let's look at Section 31. You've been accused of being reckless. Bring it. You, you know what's going to happen? What? You're not allowed to go to work for four shifts. Oh, shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious about this. It, there's almost this um, incompatibility. If we're using tough talk like reckless yeah. and intentional four-match ban, right. which is a lot of money, uh, yeah, so, elite players get a lot of cash, but, right, you've been deemed to be reckless in that you're not allowed to work for four weeks or you've got to w- work without pay, you're suspended for four weeks. Would be odd, wouldn't it, Alan? I mean, given what we're used to when we particularise things. Well, in other areas of the law, there's the focus on the entity that employs, uh, if I can loosely say, the employer for the moment. And here, your conversation that you're going to is all about the players. Well, if we were to apply the same analogy, they're the workers and it's the football teams that are the employers. All right, so let, let's go back to the concepts of design and the intervention that you would do if you were if you were the sports team owner and, and yep. you have to start understanding how am I going to do this other than penalties and bans and post behavioural intervention like a four week 
ban of playing and just, you know, create another rule that's behavioral based and very low on that hierarchy. What do you actually do? You know, can we learn from technologies that exist in other industries? Can we learn from design intervention, engineering controls that doesn't change the whole flavor of the game, the spirit of the game? So I'm thinking in uh, in mining, for an example, uh, and you see this in airports, you see it with predictive analytics and thermal body recognition, object recognition is happening with the uh, camera technology, right? And there are predictive analytics to understand, here's another word, trajectory, the movement patterns where people might collide with equipment, mm. where other, where children in airports might jump onto a luggage conveyor, yeah. right? To look at the trajectory of the pace, the speed, and the direction that somebody's moving and predict where they might go next. So you could imagine, for example, the arm close and about to approach somebody with this, this shoulder attack, you know, uh, with some sort of camera technology that acknowledges this and helps with the decision-making support system to tell the ref early to intervene, right? So wasn't there a Tom Cruise movie where he was predicting crime before the crime happened. And you remember the screens that were up there? Yes. Uh, Minority Report. I think Mm, it was Minority Report, right? And it was where technology was so advanced that they would get these little balls going down through this little conveyor and here's the circumstances that's going to happen in the future, right? So this is where we're talking about. There are, there are, there is camera technology. I don't want to use the word surveillance. That sounds like policing, but effectively it's surveilling the the scenario, identifying objects, identifying movement patterns and actions that might happen and having some early decision-making support so that intervention can happen before there's that contact and a fatality. Now, we're talking scrums, we're talking bodies everywhere. I'm not saying this is an easy feat and I'm not trying to be Pollyanna about this, right? Uh, But, uh, you know, some of this technology, for example, on a mine site I was at, was able to recognize the human, the worker, and whether they had cats coming into the work base, right? And they could tell what those were and birds and, you know, having to have this object recognition. So there's so much that may be coming down the line that could help the players, the safety of sport, and not take away from the spirit of sport. Yeah, because we know we know the shoulder charge, it's banned, you don't do it. But imagine if you had some technology that would, for example, pin near shoulder charge or that was close and then the learnings that would be taken from that. So, no, there's something in what you're saying, there's some merit. And I wonder... There often is, Trish. Uh, uh, <laughs> And in for the fact, record. In the, well, well, there is. And in fact, the, the fact I'm that, so that, that I'm so glad you've acknowledged it today. The fact that, that, that I merely even suggested that possibly, unequivocally, of course there is. And I wouldn't even say pearls of wisdom. I would say fountains of knowledge. Fountains of knowledge. Yeah, information. That's right. And but, can I also say that, you know, you're, you're proposing changing how people play football that's also courageous, very courageous. I, I'm not suggesting <laughs> that. I want to keep the spirit of the game. Yeah, she's so I'm trying to. Keep, she's going to take us to gridiron. We're going to end up with gridiron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which a lot, a lot of concussion, in, in the, the leading uh, research is with concussion. But it's interesting what you say because that would fit into a very workable and practical risk assessment and to determine well, how what else you... are you going to do besides making yeah. the players become Nintendo players and getting them off the field? I mean, the whole nature of this is a contact sport. This is a contact yeah. sport. And, and that's the part, I can't, you, we can't escape that. When you play your footy, you'll see that the stapler above, or in the old days, that allowed the blood of the pitch. Now, you know, there's a lot more uh, focus around the whole process, but, but the action, the action and the excitement and the, the, the raw... 
Um, uh, and uh, notice um, the uniforms are more and more compressed these days, but that's a separate uh, issue in itself. I, but uh, look, but my point is... It's a visual I don't and, want right now. But, but okay. the thing is, in the old days, remember when you go back to the sponsors, Winfield, it was a given that you'd scull a six-pack or and you'd have a, a Winnie Red, even Paul Hogan would be advertising the cigarettes. Yeah, so yeah. culturally we've moved. The reason why I said, why can't we also move with the terms of re-educating or, or reprogramming the mindset about, look, shoulder tackles will kill. Say a, an ex pro football, or you say gridiron player in the US, and he had re-educated, retrained and became a physiotherapist. Yeah. Brad Buddy, big guy, as you might imagine. Great gridironing, gridironing name, isn't it? Brad, Brad Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> it, more, it does not get more American than that, that I just have to so, say. That's right. Yeah, that, that, that's it. It's classic. And he was yes, a lovely, lovely gentleman. He was just a, a gorgeous man, really nice, nice guy. And he admitted to me that he had to leave football because of the culture of football and he was yeah. at risk of losing his marriage and his family because on the field it was play and play hard off the field too so big parties lots alcohol alcohol yeah. drug fueled in those days you name it and he was exposed to it and he had to make a choice he made a choice to leave football uh i, I believe he speaks about this quite freely i don't believe i'm disclosing anything that's not fairly known and became a physiotherapist and he was this huge guy you could not get a surgical glove on him because they would all snap there wasn't one big enough they couldn't order a size big enough right to wear that ppe in the in that uh, facility and i remember these little ladies who who would be written as having moderate assistance of two people to go from sit to stand brad buddy walks in the room and whoo they could just stand up freely but he had to leave that sport yeah and so that's that's a bigger picture. That's I think he's now working for himself, running yeah. physio groups. You know. So one practical response you've given to if we're implementing a, a risk assessment to uh, the great game of rugby would be, for example, you said adopting technologies which could you know map all these things. Predictive analytics. Predictive right. analytics. That is something. But ultimately, though, I don't think we could change the nature or or the spirit of it. It's fast-paced, it's aggressive, and it's rough. Change of direction all the time. So Lots of bodies all in a mix, lots of yeah. arms and legs flailing, and that's right. There's going to be a biff inadvertently most of the time, but sometimes it could be an intentional biff, but there's going to be a biff no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, I was going to say pressing of the flesh, there's going to be smashing of the flesh, crunching, say... It's, it's, it's a, yeah, as you said, voluntary assumption of risk, voluntary acceptance So are you saying different rules should apply then on the sports field? Well, no, the question I'm saying is how could, how can it be any different other than you're going to expect something that's going to be explosive to happen? Well, I mean, in terms of being treated as a workplace. On the one hand, we're saying it should be treated as a workplace, but on the other hand... Are we? Just the courts are saying that, right? Well, actually, I'm going to throw that. Should it be treated as a workplace, Sarah? Well, the end result was the inquest, uh, coroner suggesting as part of the recommendations for QRL and NRL to consider rugby or the game of rugby in the context of a work setting and therefore to consider adopting work method statements for work health and safety. And what about... actually done in that case. That's what's, that's what's, you know... And what about um, the police service and workplace health and safety? Yeah, so both Q, uh, the Queensland Police Service and Work Health and Safety didn't get involved in the case. Oh, um, that's interesting. Why would you say that? Oh, because I think it's a it's an important part of the law. I think um, there was an opportunity there to explore how uh, the Work Health and Safety Act applied to sporting activities. And, and I wonder, though, if 
both the agencies, for whatever reason, decided not to. I wonder if it's also because of the fact that sport in itself has not been fully conceptualised as a work health and safety construct, as the arena of sport being the arena of work. And as an American, I can't help think about liabilities and who's paid what to whom. Yes. Now, now that's separate when we get into the, the contractual, that private. However, having said that... But for those listeners who are interested in this idea of sport and sport being a workplace, there have been not a lot of, and there should be, not a lot of research in this area, but um, hopefully it will grow. But there is a particularly good article, a good academic journal. um, It's called Professional Sport, Work, Health and Safety Law and Reluctant Regulators 2015. I don't have the full citation, but I can find that. I've got a copy at home, actually. I should have brought it in. So that's Professional Sport, Work, Health and Safety Law and Reluctant Regulators. But it is the exhibit, but I'll find it for our listeners. It's in exhibit G5 for those interested in the inquest. The other article is just the footnote here is Catastrophic Injuries in Rugby Union, an Assessment of the Risk. And But that was 2007. So There's been some interest, but I'm sure there's been some further research in that area. Sounds like there's an opportunity for someone to write something. Possibly do a paper, yes, indeed. So what happened was, despite discussions around work health and safety and the regulatory scope, the uh, coroner in this decision was of the view that, of course, that shoulder shoulder charges are still being carried out, as in the case there are other band tackling techniques such as high tackles. I've commented that the reluctance to use the send-off process. So the coroner went into details about what's in existence at the moment with respect to how the sports regulatory bodies uh, monitor and review this type of activity. But the coroner did suggest that the NRL and QRL should look at the three-way categorisation for high tackles and why this would not also be applicable to shoulder charges. But as I stated, this is not a strong view of mine. So he's explored currently what's in existence And the outcome was the NRL and all the other governing bodies to keep focusing on what it is the players do and around field training and the teaching of, you know, not to use illegal techniques. So essentially improving awareness and knowledge around it. So the recommendations were essentially based on what's in existence at the moment and how to improve and better it. And I think that has a lot to do with what Sarah said before and I think within the setting of the spirit of the game and the culture I mean it's a great Australian pastime so there wasn't really anything that could be tangibly connected to it being looked at a uh, work health and safety environment you know in that stricter sense he did say that the penalty regime has also been considered and, and this is food for thought we'll end it with this the penalty regime has also been considered and i received evidence about how the impact of the changes to the penalty regime is that more serious charges will now be heard by the judiciary and whether more appropriate penalties can be given now this is the the really important takeaway here it should be noted that criminal law sanctions can still apply to illegal acts occurring on a football field. And in recent times, I'm aware charges have been brought. So whilst there's been nothing definitive about, right, this is going to be treated, those ordinary principles of work health and safety compliance, those issues were traversed in this decision. 
but the findings stop short of saying, right, we're going to transplant that into it. So, and mm. I think that's consistent with the idea of, I guess, in sort of liberal democracy such as Australia, particularly involving sport, where those involved in that sport, like the corporations, the under the sports, empower themselves through self-regulation and through codes of conduct to try and lift the game. I think that's a unique feature of, of sport generally. There's the idea of, look, rather than the regulator now imposing because the coroner made it clear that illegal acts could attract criminal sanctions, indeed, whether it's work health and safety prosecution under in, you know, an industrial manslaughter or, or a, what is it, Section 289 of the Criminal Code. Be that as it may, there seems to be this idea of, well, it's sport, you know, we'll, we'll try and lift our game, so to speak, in that arena. All right, let's go and have a meat pie. Excellent. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with sauce. enjoyed that episode of why work you've been listening to trage sarah and alan and if you'd like to know more about some of the things we've talked about today please subscribe and we'd be more than happy to provide you with information names of cases and other things that may interest you please be aware that none of the matters we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice we're just here to talk about all things related to work see you next time Audio manuscript of a team ready and equipped. The C-